0: Welcome to PFF Wire. I'm Doug Kide, joined as always by Brad Spielberger. Brad, we're coming in here a little bit early on Friday. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, a little early for the people, um, but, uh, you know, big slate ahead of us. at a, Actually, a good Thursday night football game for the first time and maybe forever, so uh, things are trending up.
0: Definitely a little bit unexpected. Texans were were pretty competitive in that game. We'll probably talk about that a little bit later, but let's get into our first segment, Fresh Off the Wire. Uh, First biggest piece of news uh, for the week as of today, Jonathan Taylor out week nine with that ankle injury. Deion Jackson expected to start in place of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, They've also got Zach Moss who just came over from the Buffalo Bills. Not sure uh, how fastly he can get acclimated to the Colts offense, but um, yeah, I mean, if, if Deion Jackson's out there on your waiver wire, I'd certainly try to pick him up. And as far as DFS is concerned, Probably slot Deion Jackson in on those uh, on those lineups because we saw what he could do as a pass catcher, catching 10 passes in week six when Naheem Hines was out. So he's got some some pretty solid every down value uh, as far as this game is concerned. Not sure how much his workload will be, but a little bit concerning that this ankle injury is lingering for Jonathan Taylor at this point.
1: You know, obviously he's a super normal player. Um, did have a ton of usage in college at Wisconsin, and maybe, you know, some of that's finally cropping up and catching up to him a little bit. Um, but you know, for the most part, been extremely healthy, as healthy as you can possibly be at this position. My biggest takeaway is kind of it it adds a little context to, you know, the situation between Naheem Hines and the Indianapolis Colts that they probably had a good idea Taylor may not be available for this game and still moved on from, you know, a guy they just extended last offseason, their number two back, who, like you said, was injured, but and the game he did play, they had Deon Jackson, they had Phillip Lindsay, they had other guys getting touches. I don't think he was appreciative of his workload. Um, and it's probably why he's now a Buffalo bill.
0: Yeah, no, I think that was definitely a, a solid aspect of that as well. And I just think that, you know, I don't necessarily know if the Colts have given up on the season because I still think that the AFC South is, is fairly wide open. You know, the Titans are, are definitely the, the, the cream of the crop there. I think they're sitting at five and two right now, six to do whatever it is. Um, but I think that turning to Sam Allinger at quarterback, now trading away Naheem Hines, I don't, I don't really think the Colts should necessarily have playoff implications or aspirations this season.
1: I yeah, I'm mean, like you said, it's you should never count it out. Um it's not a good division. Now, the Titans are five and two, but I, I said this on Sunday. They've beaten Davis Mills, Matt Ryan yeah. twice. Um, yeah, the, the other two uh, Derek Carr and Carson Wentz. There's their five wins. So, you know, congrats to them on, on beating five of the worst quarter. Well, Carr is supposed to be good, it hasn't been good this year. But anyway, um, you know, there, there's a reason they are twelve and a half point underdogs against the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend, uh, another five and two football team, a different five and two, two football team. So it is tough though with the Colts having those two losses to the Titans. It's gonna be hard to, you know, pass them in the division. And then the wild card is obviously going to be super competitive in the AFC. But yeah, I mean I think maybe not giving up on the year, but maybe more value in just seeing what you have and all these young players, letting yeah. them get some experience building up. And hey, if you do sneak in as a wild card potentially or win the division somehow, Titan, you know, Ryan Tanhill gets reheard or something like that. Um, a little bit of gravy. Yeah, it is interesting to see how the Colts uh, sold off on Naheem Hines, Jacksonville
0: Jaguars traded away James Robinson and made a, a plan for the future by bringing Calvin Ridley. So, yeah, that division's kind of wide open, but teams were still sellers uh, at the NFL trade deadline. Let's talk about two wide receiver injuries, Rashad Bateman and Michael Thomas, both out for the season. Rashad Bateman having the Liz Frank surgery, Michael Thomas having a toe surgery. Um Let's let's get in the Bateman injury first, I guess, because this is really unfortunate timing for the Ravens after having just traded uh, for Roquan Smith seemed like they were kind of going all in for this season. They were, I think, the third best team in the AFC and PFF's latest power rankings. I think that you could probably, you know, them and the Miami Dolphins are kind of right now the most competitive for that third spot in the AFC but now losing Rashad Bateman for the season when they've got James Brochet and Devin DuVernay and uh, DeMarcus Robinson as their next best wide receivers. I think that they're right up there with the Green Bay Packers now at this point as the teams that could use a player like Odell Beckham Jr. The most, or the teams that, you know, if Brandon cooks gets released at some point by the Houston Texans, which I don't know how likely that would be like, they desperately need that type of player now at this point.
1: And it's not going to just be Deshaun Jackson who obviously is working his way into the lineup. I think, look, Will Fuller may have retired, may not love football all that much. You probably still give him a phone call. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, you know, his agent yeah. tweeted out the, the ghost emoji. Uh, this is like a month ago at this point, yeah. but you know, I think he's probably still available interested in football when healthy, which has been kind of the, the issue. He was good last year. He's still a good player um, when he can keep those hamstrings, you know, firing and 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 going well. So they have to add more. They do because also Mark Andrews. You know, not a hundred percent. You do have the good backup in Isaiah Likely, but it's just you, you make a trade. I mean, a, a big time trade, a second round pick for Roquan Smith. You're trying to make this push. I agree with you. I think they are the third best team in the AFC. I mean, the division looks great for them now. Cleveland and Pittsburgh really kind of not out of it, but not looking good. And Cincinnati, we saw them without Jamar Chase. This past week and it did not look good so right it's an opportunity for them to really make a make a push and if you don't have receiver talent even given their offense is obviously unique and there are a lot of 12 personnel two tight ends 13 personnel three tight ends all of those things even in consideration it's not enough talent you're not beating buffalo and kansas city with their wide receiver group
0: yeah definitely not and obviously yeah like you mentioned like they've they've got other options in their offense to use they've got patrick ricard they've got isaiah likely like you mentioned um clearly they've got mark andrews and gus edwards is banged up right now and everything as well um you know they they've got nick boyle but if you're putting nick boyle and and patrick ricard on the field then like those aren't guys that you're throwing the ball to (laughs) like they could they could run i guess a a you know a uh, what would it be a 23 offense with Patrick Ricard <laughs> and Gus Edwards, and then Isaiah likely Nick Boyle and Mark Andrews on the field. And those might, those are probably their best skill position players at this point, if you're being honest, but you're just not going to move the ball through the air using those types of players. So I don't know. Yeah. I think like you said, uh call pool fuller, see if he wants to come back, uh, you know, monitor the Brandon cook situation. It doesn't seem like a Kenny Galladay cut is very likely at this point. I think, but w- the Giants still lose cap space, even if it's a post June one cut uh, by cutting
1: Kenny Galladay at this point, Yeah, I would imagine. So uh, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, yeah. probably um, Especially if it's not a trade, if it's, you know, but, but again, right. you know, no, well, no one's picking him up on the waiver wire. I think maybe it's the last potential opportunity. A guy like Tyler Johnson. I think he did go back to Tampa Bay, but teams are, and, and Houston was trotting out, you know, you and I, a wide receiver last <laughs> night. They still cut Tyler Johnson. So probably make that joke too much, but anyway, um, there are other options. I think maybe we see more roster cutdowns. They have to be active in that market, add whatever they can. I think Devin Duvernay is a good like Devin Duvernay is like a good number three wide receiver. Right? Right. I think James Prochet is like a good number four wide receiver. When they're your one and two, it's it's a problem. Definitely. Um, do you think not not to, you know, stay
0: on this topic for, for too long, but do you think that if they had known that Bateman was going to need
1: season ending surgery, do you think they make a move at wide receiver before the deadline? It's a great question. And you have to think they had at least an idea it was on the table, right? Uh, right. I mean, he's he's been out for what a couple of weeks now at this point. Uh, I know he played in the Thursday game, but very quickly yeah. left that game. Uh, and he already came into it not hundred percent healthy. So it's a good question. Would they have maybe used that capital they got for Roquan Smith and instead went after a wide receiver? it's It's certainly a fair question, something something that they had to have considered. You know, or they just want to play bully ball and, and take their shot at just playing a completely different, um, you know, operate. You know, they, they did add, you know, um, Demarcus Robinson when he got cut down by, you know, whoever. So right. they've explored it, but I think you need more there. we have got some very confident Ravens fans in the comments here. e oh, says up.
0: Robinson will be the number one behind Andrews. Quote me. We did. I just quoted you. And we've got Drake Holiday who, who says Demarcus Robinson and Djax got to show out. DuVernay is actually really quite Good. Uh, we will take your word for that. Uh, all right. So Michael Thomas also out for the season, not a whole lot to do with that. Uh, Brandon cooks did not play on Thursday night, um, against the Philadelphia Eagles, but lovey Smith said that he would be back with the Texans as of Friday. Seems like they're at least trying to make things work there, but I don't know. I mean, if Brandon cooks isn't happy and if he sees an opportunity out there, you know, joining potentially the green Bay Packers or, or the Baltimore Ravens, I don't know if I were him, I might, I might continue to cause an issue.
1: Uh, the thing here is everyone's obviously going to go to the Odell Beckham Jr. Situation in Cleveland last year, how they're different is Odell had no guarantees remaining beyond that current season. And he did take a minor pay cut in that current year from Cleveland, basically kind of bought his way out and knew he was going to get a near minimum deal from Los Angeles um, with a bunch of incentives that he earned. Cause they obviously won the super bowl, but with cooks I mean, it's an 18 million fully guaranteed salary for 2023. I get it. Maybe you want to go play in a contender. You're now 29 years old. You're on a one, six and one Houston team uh, that, that you feel you know, disrespected by, but it's a different situation. I mean, he may have to go, forego a ton of money. And as much as it almost, it almost would be cool to see a guy like, I love football that much. I care that much about it. I His agent probably would beg him not to do that. Um, you know, it, it, it's very different. It's not like the Odell Beckham. It, w- it would take, Almost would be a team saying, hey, we will extend you or we'll sign you to a multi-year deal if you do this, which is frankly tampering, you know, whatever. But you would need to have assurances that there is something else coming down the line. Otherwise, it's the biggest gamble, biggest risk. I mean, we've seen in a long, long time from a player.
0: Definitely. As far as Odell Beckham Jr. goes, obviously, we just discussed him a little bit. Um, Joe Shane, the Giants GM, was talking about him. Earlier this week, I forgot exactly what day it was, but he said that they've been in contact uh, with his agent, that they've been monitoring that situation. But then he, he said something like, you know, if he's healthy, you know, in four weeks, five weeks. So I think that we're still looking at a pretty long timeline for Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. I do think that, you know, talking about Odell Beckham Jr. with the Packers, that timeline might be too far out to actually help the Packers. We'll see what they even look like at that point. We'll see if they can even make the playoffs at that point because they've been struggling so much. The Ravens, I assume, you know, given the rest of the talent on that team and how they've been performing so far, I don't know if Odell Beckham Jr. would want to join the Ravens, but that seems like between those two teams, maybe a better fit for the Ravens and the Packers. And obviously you've got to consider the Giants and the Bills and the Bucs and all these other teams for him as well.
1: I've been looking, it's funny. I've been looking at the schedules of the next month because I do think December is most realistic. Look, he tore his ACL what February first or whenever the Super Bowl was. Nine months would be December. He did come back fairly quickly the last time to Cleveland and was playing at a pretty high level. You know, pretty much as soon as he returned. Um, yeah. You know, he obviously rehabs hard and is you know one of the greatest athletes we've seen in a long time. But with Baltimore. They could be seven and three. They go to Monday night at new Orleans, you know, not not necessarily a guaranteed win, but a winnable game. They are favored on the road. Then it's a bye week Then it's Carolina. And then I said, I think it's Jacksonville after that. I think Denver, I mean, they could be eight and three, nine and three. When he's making that decision, they could sell him on. Look, a, we are going to make the playoffs. We're going to maybe win the division. Maybe, I don't know, based on schedule, maybe try to get that by, you know, number one seed based on how things, you know, look, Buffalo's got to play Miami again. New England is never, a, you know, a guaranteed win against anyone. Um, the Jets have a good defense. Uh, so, yeah, but anyway, there, there are further more challenges for, and of course, Kansas City, you know, the AFC West. That I'm sure it's on their radar. It should be on his radar because, yeah, that could be the, he can make the biggest impact, I should say, potentially by a decent margin playing for the mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens
0: absolutely all right uh let's uh get a word from our sponsor pff wire is sponsored by western and southern financial group while you focus on your roster moves western and southern helps advance your money moves, buying your first home, planning to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow. Western and Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day, team up to understand needs, and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. Let's get into fantasy news and notes. Kick it off with the Chargers favored by three points against the Falcons. Point total in this one. 49 and a half points. Uh, Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen was not practicing yesterday with a hamstring injury. Mike Williams also not practicing with an ankle injury. Running back Austin Eckler limited with an abdomen injury. Uh, wide receiver Josh Palmer was practicing it in full with a concussion. And on the Falcons side, cornerback AJ Terrell was not practicing with a hamstring injury. I don't know about that that point total when um the you know the chargers top two wide receivers both likely won't play running back austin eckler banged up uh justin Herbert probably going to be throwing to josh palmer and deandre carter and michael bandy I know That aj terrell likely won't play with that hamstring injury after not practicing the first two days of this week uh but yeah i don't know chargers chargers are just having a really tough injury luck this season
1: They really are, and also doesn't help that those corners were, you know, even more important because they really can't generate much of a pass rush. And and so, losing AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward, they obviously traded for what was it, Rashad Fenton from the the Kansas City Chiefs, who is a good player, um, but of course, hard to get up to speed that quickly. um, But a good outside corner, but. It's the fact that Herbert should have a lot of time, you know, an issue and the reason why he's checking it down to Austin Eckler, you know, in two seconds, um, you know, behind the line of scrimmage a hundred times a game is not just because Joe Lombardi loves to not throw the ball down the field, apparently, (laughs) but also uh, because, you know, there there have at times been protection. It's a good line, but obviously some injuries like Rashawn Slater at left tackle, they've shuffled things around in the interior a little bit. So that I think plays into it. My my reason for not liking it because I agree with you. Actually, the other side, Even after all the investments they made this offseason, bring in Sebastian Joseph Day, who has been good, um, bring in Austin Johnson, bring in a lot of interior beef. They still are just not good against the run. I mean, they've yeah. early down E-Paper play against the run is not not good. Just general E-Paper play against the run this season, nowhere near where you'd want it to be and expect it to be. It remains a major issue. And if anyone can take advantage of that, it's obviously this Atlanta Falcons team um, and head coach Arthur Smith, who just continues to run the ball down everyone's throat in a very creative fashion and do a lot of great things there. So yeah. that's gonna burn clock though, right? It might lead to scoring, but it also might burn a lot of clock if he just is confident. I can run the ball, stay yep. ahead of the chains the entire game, maybe keep Justin Herbert off the field as much as possible. Um, And, and so that could lead to lower scoring as well.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little surprised that the Chargers are favored by three, I guess, in this one as well, just because they, they have not been that good this season. Uh, Falcons have been a little bit better than expected. Next game here, Dolphins favored by only four points in Chicago against the Bears. Point total is 45 and a half. No super notable fantasy injuries in this one, but – I don't know. I mean, with the way the dolphins are playing, I, I kind of like uh, taking the points in this one.
1: Biggest note here, and this isn't a two attack of Iloa low, joke, even though it kind of is uh, there are very heavy wins expected Sunday at soldier field. And I think that is a huge yeah. variable. Of course, that affects both quarterbacks, but again, not trying to be funny when you lack zip and velocity on your pass, it's probably going to be impacted more um, than if you're a quarterback that can maybe kind of muscle some balls through that air. So Um, I think that is a huge factor. It's apparently 15 mile an hour sustained winds with 25 plus mile an hour gusts. And that could even get worse before game time because earlier in the week the the forecast was that it was going to be okay. And it's gotten worse kind of every single day. Uh, And, you know, obviously, you know, Chicago, um, it can get really bad kind of at soldier fields on the water, you know, in a a location where wind can be a variable. So I think that's the big key here um, because otherwise I agree. I mean, the, the mismatch, Uh, You know, Mike McDaniel attacking over the middle of the field is going to be a problem for Chicago. Mm -hmm. They've had struggles in the slot this year. Um, You know, they've gotten better. Kyler Gordon, the young rookie, has gotten better every week. Jaquan Brisker is a good young safety already. Eddie Jackson has four interceptions. They've done well. But you lose Roquan Smith now, right? So you have Nicholas Morrow. And, you know, whoever they ultimately decide to start there, I don't think A.J. Klein underrated. They, they did add a linebacker in that trade. No one really yep. talked about it. Um, you know, Does he start? Does Jack Sanborn, their undrafted free agent start? Kind of a question mark there. But I think McDaniel going to take advantage of that. But the wind, I think, is the ultimate kind of how does that impact everything, you know, in this game? Definitely. All right. Next matchup here, Carolina
0: Panthers at Bengals. Bengals favor by seven and a half points. Point total is 42 and a half. Panthers running back Chuba Hubbard out with an ankle injury. Wide receiver Jamar Chase for the Bengals also almost certainly out with that hip injury. There's a lot of lines this week that I'm looking at and kind of scratching my head a little bit. I know that the Panthers are the Panthers, but they kept it close last week against the Atlanta Falcons. And the Bengals looked like complete trash without Jamar Chase on the field against the Cleveland Browns. So seven and a half of points, it just seems a little bit high in this matchup, especially with such a low point total of 42 and a half.
1: Good note there at the end, there, right? Yeah, when you see a low total, then you're supposed to cover this larger number. I mean, my yeah. thing is JW Uzier is you know was playing like a top ten cornerback over the last year and a half of football. That's how good he's yep. been in Cincinnati. He's now out for an extended period of time, yep. maybe the, the full season. Um, Eli Apple already gotten benched at some point, point. Uh, and then Mike, Mike Hilton, Hilton. Now, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, you know, who's one of the best slot cornerbacks in the NFL as well. A really, really, really good player. So you have you know Cam Taylor Britt, their second round rookie from Nebraska will play a lot. Sounds like Daxton Hill, their first round pick who's been more playing a safety only played I think 45 snaps in the entire season. And yeah. Obviously, you know, Von Bell and, and, um, no, bl- uh, what's his name? The other safety, the franchise tag fella, Jesse Bates. Um, <laughs> yeah. That guy, Jesse Bates. <laughs> you know, they have a phenomenal safety duo, but you know, he still hasn't played a lot. So he's apparently yeah. been practicing as an outside corner. Yeah. I think it's a lot of points. Carolina did move the ball pretty effectively against Atlanta. I wouldn't be laying over a touchdown on Cincinnati either. Yeah.
0: Deontay Foreman, uh, will be, a. a- Surefire start in fantasy once again this week. If you got him in your lineup, and uh certainly a good play in DFS as well. I think on DraftKings he was around six thousand dollars or so. Uh next up, Packers, only favored by three and a half points in Detroit against the Lions. Point total in on this one is 49 and a half. Uh Alan Lazard dealing with a shoulder injury. Aaron Rodgers was limited with a right thumb injury. Wide receiver Christian Watson limited with a concussion. Then on the Lions side, wide receiver Josh Reynolds was not practicing with a back injury. Running back DeAndre Swift, uh, I believe, was limited with a shoulder and ankle injury. And tight end Brock Wright limited with the concussion. This uh, this Packers team, I think I saw the most recent thing was that Alan Lazard was going to be a game-time decision in this game. Um, so it could be you know Aaron Rodgers once again throwing to – Sammy Watkins and uh you know uh Romeo Dobbs and and maybe Christian Watson if he can return from that concussion. Lions are just so unpredictable at this point that I, I don't really want to touch them. You don't know which Lions team or which lines offense or which lions defense is gonna show up on any given day.
1: It is a scary one. I mean, I think trading TJ Hawkinson, maybe you look at it both ways. Does it motivate and galvanize guys and say, look, they just moved on from a top 10 pick. I mean, we better start playing better because literally no one is safe in this building. And like, you know, Houston played a good football game last night. They did kind of at the end Philadelphia pulled away, but they were in that game for the most part. Um, yeah, but, you know, Hawkinson not able to chip on Rashawn Gary and do some things as a blocker, but then also, of course, be a receiver. You know, as Swift said today, I'm probably not going to be 100% healthy at any point this season, even if he yeah. does play. Basically admitted that he is not fully healthy. So, yeah, it comes down to kind of a motivation thing. I thought it was a cool note. From Tej Seth on our podcast on Sunday that you know Green Bay actually has struggled a lot against man coverage and Detroit runs mm-hmm. man coverage as much as anyone but when you're that bad talent wise it might not matter <laughs> so say yeah so can this be the week where you know Green Bay kind of is able to actually overcome that just because of the lack of talent on, on their side um, I, I, w- I would lean Green Bay here because their offensive line's gotten healthier the Lions cannot generate a pass rush. Um, Love the guy with that video of Aiden Hutchinson getting one arm blocked by Teron Armstead that was going around Twitter Uh, wasn't wasn't the greatest look in that game. But anyway, I I would lean Green Bay to finally have a true get right game here. But the the Lions motivation is definitely scary.
0: Uh, Next up Colts Patriots Patriots favored by five and a half points at home against the Colts that Ryan obviously not playing with that right shoulder injury uh Jonathan Taylor obviously not playing with that ankle injury and then on the Patriots side fantasy wise wide receiver Devonte Parker uh almost certainly won't play on his knee injury and Damian Harris was limited on Thursday with an illness and then was not spotted at practice on Friday due to that illness if he's not playing then obviously that raises Ramondre Stevenson's value quite a bit in fantasy this is another one where I, I might not want to touch just because the Patriots have been so unpredictable this season. They lose to the Bears. Uh, they, they you know had a pretty uh, you know commanding win over the Jets on Sunday. I know what I was saying about the Colts, not having Jonathan Taylor, trading away Naheem Hines, starting Sam Ellinger, but I just feel like you don't know which Patriots team is going to show up week to week at, at this point.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Justin Fields. I mean, Ellinger is not Fields, but he can use his legs as a weapon. And when they play so much man coverage in in New England, they're turning their backs to the offense, and a guy that can scramble as you know, it's it's what Justin Fields did that entire football game. So I actually did take Indianapolis plus six and a half. I feel like an insane person for betting against Bill Belichick with Sam Ellinger at quarterback, Um, but I did, and it's moved you know in my favor. Uh, But yeah, so it's again either a stay away or maybe get you know other bets. But yeah, who who knows what to expect in this one? 40
0: and a half points, that's pretty low in that game, but you can't really blame them with these two offenses. Uh, next up, Bill's favored by 11 and a half points in New York against the Jets, point total is 46. Bill's cornerback, Tredavious White, was activated off of the pop list, but I'm not sure if it's a guarantee that he will actually play on Sunday. For the Jets, Corey Davis is out with his knee injury, and I, I, I'd probably take the Bills in this one, Zach Wilson really seemed to miss Corey Davis last week against the Patriots. He's that guy that you can kind of throw the ball up to hope that he comes down with that 50, 50 ball. Um, if, if Tre'Davious white doesn't play in this game, then I do like Garrett Wilson and DFS. Uh, he's, he's, uh, his price is pretty low. I think it's like 4,800, something like that on, on DraftKings right now. And he's a, he's a big play threat. Like you just need to get the ball in his hands. He might make a big play happen out there. And there's just not a lot of other targets on that jets team beyond, I guess, Tyler Conklin that that Zach Wilson really seems to like to throw to.
1: Yeah, no, no question about it. Outside of scripted plays, he Corey Davis has more targets than Wilson and Elijah Moore by a wide margin. It's the guy that Zach in a pinch looks to, Um, I I don't really get the total here. Personally. I think both offensive lines have a massive disadvantage against both defensive lines. Just so many injuries. I, I think Buffalo bills, right. Tackle Spencer Brown may play again, but Their their offensive line is good, not great, right? It's not bad. It's not a problem, but it's not, you know, a juggernaut. And this this Jets offensive or defensive line, excuse me, has been really, really good. So for that side of the ball, and then, of course, you know, Zach Wilson, all we've seen there, um, you know, they're going to struggle against this Bills pass rush as well. So I I see more of a, you know, kind of the Buffalo Baltimore game. That was what, 23-20 when it ended. That's kind of more the game I see here. Um, You know, so I like the under 46 in that game.
0: There we go. Uh, Vikings favored by three points in Washington against the commanders point total here is 43 and a half Uh, for the commanders. Jahan Dotson has not been practicing on that hamstring injury and tight end Logan Thomas has been limited with the calf injury. Um, Commander's been playing pretty well with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. I know the Vikings are are hot at six and one, but if if you've checked out the teams that they've beat, uh, it's not a very convincing six and one. I I'm not convinced the Vikings are, are gonna win this this game in, in Washington, even after acquiring a guy like TJ Hawkinson.
1: It is the homecoming, the revenge game for Kirk Cousins, which is a fun and interesting narrative. Uh, But no, I see it the same way as you. Uh, Again, I I did bet them. I took them on our, you know, Sunday show, said I would take the commanders in this game. I just, it's not a good mismatch. It's not a good matchup. So we talked last week when Arizona was playing against Minnesota, how Kirk Cousins really struggled with interior pressure. I mean, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne might be the best, you know, interior duo or one of them in the entire NFL. Um, JJ Watt had two sacks of Kirk Cousins last week. It caused him problems. Um, You know, I don't think TJ Hawkinson will be able to play a ton and make a big factor in this game tight end is so hard to figure out with your your pass protection responsibilities even though i do think kevin o'connell is going to put him in the slot more and use him as more kind of a true receiver like you know tyler higby's not really um you know blocking a ton he's, he's a good blocker he's not like a special blocker he's more you know kind of getting split out every once in a while and do some different things so eventually we'll get there but i'm not sure we're there yet with tj hawkinson um yeah i, I like washington in this matchup uh you know the heineke experience rolls on
0: Uh, Next up, Raiders favored by one and a half in Jacksonville against the Jaguars for the Raiders. Matt Collins dealing with a heel injury. Darren Waller dealing with that hamstring injury. And wide receiver for for the Jaguars, Jamal Agnew dealing with a knee injury. It's another one where I kind of like the Jaguars in this game. That's a high point total for uh, the Raiders only being favored by one and a half. But, I mean, the Raiders got shut out last week. The Raiders, I know that everyone coming into the season, myself included, expected the Raiders to be much better than they are this season. But, I mean, we've got half a season almost at this point to see that they are not the team that everyone expected them to be. Uh, One other note for DFS, Travis Etienne over the last two weeks on DraftKings has over 50 points. He got 28.2 points last week, 22.9 the week before. His salary on DraftKings right now is only $6,300, and – I mean, he's a guy who's putting up like elite running back fantasy points. Raiders defense is not very good. So uh, if you're on DraftKings, throw Travis Etienne into your lineup for the week.
1: Probably they're not good. They trade away Jonathan Hankins, kind of the run stuffer, nose tackle for them. Have some young guys playing more snaps. They don't really cover running backs well in the past game, and that is a big part of Etienne's game as well. Um, Not great safety play, um, not great linebacker play either. The reason I like Jacksonville as well in this game is the reason I bet the Saints last week. I think they have a mismatch on both sides of the ball in the trenches. So yeah. maybe even crazier than the Raiders getting shut out and Devontae Adams having one catch for three yards. The Raiders had two pressures of Andy Dalton in that game. And, and it's, the Jaguars offensive line is not as good as New Orleans, but they have two solid tackles. Cam Robinson, Juwan Taylor is playing better football. Um, and the interior, you know, obviously Brand and Sheriff Bad have Turner, good players there. So I think there's a mismatch there. And then Josh Allen, Javon Walker getting better each week. But I I think they're better on both sides of the ball. So I tease Jacksonville with another team, with Seattle we're about to talk about. Um, But, yeah, I would lean Jacksonville in this game as well. Uh, Next
0: up, Seattle against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are favored by two points over the Seahawks. Point total is 49-and-a-half for the Seahawks. Marquise Goodwin was not practicing with a groin injury. Titan Noah Fant limited with a hamstring injury. Both wide receivers Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf full go. And then uh, Cardinals running back James Connor was limited with a rib injury. This one feels like it should be probably more of like a pick 'em. I'd say between these two teams, um, the Cardinals secondary is pretty rough and. Geno Smith having DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, both another week healthy. I keep talking about DFS. Looking at my lineup right now, Geno Smith only $5,800 on DraftKings right now, going against that Cardinals secondary with both of his wide receivers. Uh, That seems like a smart play there.
1: It's almost so good it's scary, right? It's a little bit right. of a fishy spread. And I yeah. don't wanna, you know, overcorrect. I, I did not believe in Seattle until a couple of weeks ago when I finally raised my hand and said, All right, it's not fluky. They're either better than I thought. I was wrong and I'm coming into the season. Um I haven't done that yet with some other teams, but um, you know, I, I I've acknowledged that and, and I think it's it's a little weird that they're they're you know like you said probably closer to a pick'em. I mean it is kind of a pick'em when you add home field advantage, which is now about right. one and a half two points. But even still, um, yeah, that's why I tease them with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I think the key you mentioned neither guy's 100 percent healthy, but DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were good enough last week against a solid Giants defense. You know, Dory Jackson's been a good corner this year. No one there's not a player as good as Dory Jackson on the Arizona Cardinals right now. Um, that to me is is the big one, and I lean Seattle as well.
0: Uh, I am stacking Geno Smith and DK Metcalf, by the way, in a lineup this week. All right, next up, Rams, Buccaneers. Buccaneers favored by three over the Rams. Point total is 42.5. Rams wide receivers, Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup, both limited. Uh, Running back, Cam Akers, back in practice for the Buccaneers. Tom Brady did not practice on Thursday, but it was just rest. As far as, uh, I believe, Russell Gage is out this week with a hamstring injury. Uh, tight end Cameron Brait also out with a neck injury. And Mike Evans dealing with an ankle injury. These are two teams that, I mean, and basically anything to me could happen in this game. Like the Rams could look like themselves again. The Buccaneers could look like themselves again. One thing I would say is that I know that neither team's offense has been, uh, both both offenses have been extremely disappointing this season. I might consider the, the over on that point total 42 and a half for the Rams and Buccaneers seems mighty low.
1: Yeah. I think it all comes down to Cooper cup, right? Because without him in this yeah. lineup, I mean, their offense struggles to do much of anything. I should say uh, Allen Robinson back-to-back weeks, with yeah. his most catches of the year um, with, I think about 60 yards in both games. So, and, and I also saw uh, per, per our main account as the most targets in the red zone of any team, like they are trying to get him involved, trying to score the ball with him, let him win in the ways he does. And, he does much better against zone than man. He can find soft spots. He can get open. He struggled to separate against man coverage. The Rams literally play off the ball 10 yards in every snap. They just, they, right. they do not play pe- press coverage. Um, you know, so, or excuse me, the bucks, the bucks have played soft as well. Uh, and there's some injuries in the secondary there. So um, I, th- I think that could be maybe an exploitable matchup with some injured corners and some more zone from Todd Bowles' group. Um, but, You know, without Cooper Cup, it is a little bit scary, Uh, but I hear you. And one fantasy or DFS mention Chris Godwin. Uh, The Rams have been great in the slot this year. They did get Troy Hill back healthy finally, uh, but they've been a little bit susceptible there. If maybe Jalen Ramsey is is shadowing a Mike Evans, maybe he's not. And maybe he's in the slot against Chris Godwin. Um, But, you know, so I guess kind of a gamble there, but I, I like Godwin more than Evans, you know, in this matchup.
0: Next up, the Chiefs, we mentioned this earlier, favored by 12.5 points over the Titans. That is in Kansas City, point total 45.5. Uh, no super notable fantasy injuries for the Chiefs, though. It does seem like Kadarius Tony will play in this game. For the Titans, Derek Henry was resting on Thursday. And quarterback Ryan Tannehill was limited on Wednesday but then did not practice on that ankle injury on Thursday. We have mentioned before, Ryan Tannehill, very tough quarterback, plays through a lot of injuries. Uh, The Titans won last week with Malik Willis, but Malik Willis only threw 10 passes and had an interception in that game. Uh, So I think that they would certainly like to have Ryan Tannehill back in this game, but we'll just kind of have to wait to see what Mike Vrabel has to say about all of that. Uh, But yeah, Chiefs favored by 12 and a half points against a team that is in first place in the AFC South.
1: And the funny thing, too, is last season, this matchup is the only game in Patrick Mahomes career where the team did not score a touchdown. It was a twenty seven to three beatdown by Tennessee, um, which scares me a little bit because I love the Chiefs. Otherwise, Um, Tannehill's lack of mobility with that ankle injury, that clearly is still a problem. I mean, Chris Jones is our highest graded interior defender in the NFL so far this year, has been a true game wrecker. And, you know, Ben Jones is a good center for Tennessee, but also playing through an injury. Yeah. Um, they have some susceptibility there in the interior. Otherwise, their tackles are not great. So maybe their edge rushers can have a better performance than they've had. Um, I just, you look at almost every matchup, and I think it's in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Um, the bet I'll do here instead of laying the 12 and a half points is, it's not out yet, but Patrick Mahomes is passing touchdowns. I think will probably be two and a half touchdowns, and that'll be plus money if it is two and a half touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um I like that a lot because we also talk about the scripted plays. The first 15 right. plays on offense for each team. Tennessee is excellent. They're the like one of the best teams in the NFL at that first drive scoring points. And then it kind of goes off the rails from there. But maybe they get an early lead, which forces Mahomes to throw the ball even more. Um, and I think that is, you know, a great bet. Jeffrey Simmons, hard to run against, you know, on the interior for Tennessee. So I like that bet a lot. Absolutely. All
0: right. Last matchup here on Monday night. We'll get more into this on Monday night show. But Ravens favor by two and a half points. In New Orleans against the Saints, point total 48 in this game. Uh, For the Ravens, Mark Andrews dealing with knee and shoulder injuries, was not practicing on Thursday. Rashad Bateman, like we said, on injured reserve. Gus Edwards was not practicing today with that hamstring injury, so it could be Kenyon Drake at running back for Baltimore. For New Orleans, Michael Thomas on IR with that foot injury. Uh, Running back Mark Ingram was not practicing with a knee injury, and wide receiver Jarvis Landry was limited with an ankle injury. Um, I do like the Ravens in this game, but that point total seems a little bit high at 48. I know the Saints have been able to move the ball. I know that they've had some, some issues there at cornerback though. They were able to shut out the Raiders um, on Sunday. So I guess you don't totally know which Saints defense is going to show up in this game, but I probably would lean a little bit more towards the under in this game.
1: Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is for the second week in a row, the saints are a home underdog, a small home underdog. Obviously last week they won 24, nothing against the Raiders. Um, You know, the Ravens have a much, much better offensive line. Uh, It's actually like maybe the best pass blocking offensive line in the NFL or certainly up there. Um, So that's a major difference. Um, But yeah, you know, it's interesting to me. I think the saints, they have a good run defense. Um, Obviously Lamar is a different component, but you know great linebackers and pete werner and demario davis that they need to maybe spy lamar um they're probably better suited to doing that than most teams have in the nfl um so i don't know I, I see a lot for the new orleans i'm not gonna bet it i i love them last week and i bet them against the raiders but i'm not gonna bet it but the Ravens go from a Thursday to a Monday. So yeah. almost a full bye week for them, which I think is huge with all the injuries they have. Mark Andrews, shoulder and all that. Um, I hear you. I think the under is probably a smart play because it could be some running for Baltimore without their receivers. They would, you know, th- with no receivers like we talked about for a while. Um, and then New Orleans, they're not, you know, any Dalton's not going to be firing, uh, you know, against the Baltimore Ravens the entire game. So I, I think I see it the same way there, too.
0: All right. Uh, what is your, let's get into best bets. Do you have a best bet for the weekend coming up here?
1: Yes. So it's one I alluded to. Uh, it is a teaser with the Jaguars and the Seattle Seahawks. You get the Jaguars up to seven and a half, the, the Seahawks up to eight on a six point teaser. Um, I, I think even if they do lose these games, I mean Arizona. Uh, why would we trust them to win by more than a touchdown against anyone? Uh, and the right. Raiders the same. They could win this game. They could be extremely motivated. Even though Jackson was also two and six and has lost six one score games. That's the thing though. They've lost six times, always by one score or you know. So I like that. Both of them over a touchdown. I like that bet a lot. Um, I don't
0: know. I I like I like I like the Jaguars um, at plus one and a half in that game against the Raiders. I also I know like I feel crazy saying this, but I like the Panthers at plus seven and a half in Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati was just so bad last week. And I don't think it's necessarily sustainable for the Panthers to keep playing this well with PJ Walker, but they have at least shown more life now uh, with Steve Wilkes as their head coach than they did with Matt Rule there. So I just feel like that game is a little bit closer than seven and a half points, even though that is in Cincinnati. And with the point total as low as it is at 42 and a half. I think it could wind up being a low scoring game that the Bengals don't necessarily win uh, and, and cover by, by over seven points in this game. So I would probably go with the Panthers at seven and a half. I could see the Bengals winning by a touchdown or less in that game, but I think that will do it for today's edition of PFFY. wire. We will be back with you guys again on Monday. Make sure to download the PFF app in your app store. Make sure to download, uh, to subscribe to PFF plus that is 79.99 a month subscribe to the pff wire podcast there are links down below there we go in the description for apple and spotify follow brad on twitter at pff underscore brad follow me on twitter at doug kide and once again thank you guys for joining us and we will be back with you guys on monday around 4 p.m